Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of 2HGM, our uh, continuation of the last live play session. I'm Cosmo, uh, still the Game Master Head. And I'm Dane, the Dodecahedron Head. And as it's a continuation, we still have that parasitic third head. I mean, you can't get rid of me. And what's cool is I'm actually bringing three heads of my own today with Schmeichel, Gwen, Sandra. We're ready to play. Mm. Also, that's Sharif. You know, he's yeah. the third head. He didn't say his name. He said Whatever. his character's name. Yeah. He said, it's, it's okay. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> so- <laughs> Two-Headed Game Master is a podcast about writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing games. We discuss our favorite hobby. We share our thoughts with you. And we play role-playing games tonight. Which is what we're doing. We're still playing. We're playing. Yeah. We're fucking playing. We're continuing uh, the adventure of the, uh, the six young... Uh, the six young teens uh, at the Starlight Festival at the town of Starfall. And something untoward just happened. A monster just bit one of their friends in half. That son of a bitch. He had it coming. Mm. Otto did not have it coming. We will avenge. We will. All right, let's get back into it. All right, so each of you separately give me D20s. And we'll do... Penny and each of you, and each of you will control all three. All three characters. Fuck. Twelve. Twelve. Eight. Eight. Seventeen. I didn't even fucking dice. Penny had <laughs> Penny had the initiative on all of us. She was playing us all for a fool, so it yeah. makes sense she would go first. So gurgling, spouting blood, nearly in half, Otto collapses to the floor, and Penny kind of looks up, and as she looks up, her arms lengthen, and her jaw hangs open even more, and her fangs grow longer. And, um, Gwen. Oh, yeah. It's gotta be Gwen. Seems to be the one she focuses on. Oh, yeah. And suddenly, this, what looked like a pretty young, uh, you know, well-dressed, uh, medieval teenager, her clothes collapse to the floor in a pile of rats. And there's no body anymore, and there's just a swarming pile of rats running towards Gwyn, which she does not like. So give me give me a roll for Gwyn. A 20? Uh, yeah, d20 with no proficiency. No, <laughs> oh, fuck. Mm. So uh, Gwyn is terrified okay. and uh, is unable to attack or do anything except try to get away from the rats, which she is terrified of. All of that bravado and all of that, you know... Strength in personality, strength in self that Gwen had has just shrunken. It's mm-hmm. just gone. <laughs> and she is a shell of her former self with these rats around. So, it's your turn now. Uh, Penny has made her move. That's that's her turn. You're playing the turn of three characters, so all of them can move and do an action. Okay. Gwen... Gwen is spooked. Can't really do anything. Gwen's not doing Except anything. run away. I think Gwen runs away. Mm. Which shames her quite a lot, but I mean, yeah. there's not much you can do about it. She's tough and cool, except for now there's rats. She's pretty tough. She's pretty cool. Yeah. But rats, no bueno. No. So Gwen's gonna Gwen's gonna use her actions, use her movement, use her time to try to put some at least object in between her and these rats. Okay. She's not focused on Penny anymore. Give She's me a roll for that. Yeah. Just give me a quick uh, no proficiency. She's going for cover. Thirteen. Uh, okay. So you try and like get behind some like fallen rocks, but you don't know how good it. It it doesn't seem like it worked good because the rats are now sort of like yeah, a liquid. Elevate, dude. They're like a liquid swarm yeah, coming cool. over the rubble and the and the stonework coming towards Jesus. Gwyn. Uh, who's next? So Schmeichel and Sh- Sandra. Schmeichel 
is a little bit in awe of this this amazing bard trick that he's seeing because he feels like he's watching <laughs> one of the best bards no. at it. He's like because he's a performer, so he feel like he, he feels like he's seeing like an incredible performance art right here. So he's at first was a little bit like oh my god this is such great theatrics, but he's still getting a little bit spooked. He's a little afraid of corpses, and now that. Otto is a little bit, you know, gangly and, and half of what he used to be on the floor with his legs and his his entrails kind of leaking everywhere. Schmeichel's starting to get a hard dose of reality of to what mm. the situation really is. All right, so what's he do? He doesn't really have too much weaponry. The rats don't really bother him as they kind of fly, flow past his legs, right? But he's looking at Penny, mm-hmm. and he's at least trying to identify some sort of weakness to this bard. Like, is there something that I could do to outperform this amazing performance? Okay. What sort of way can I can I go about? Being so you're doing like a percepti. You're a trying percepti. to perceive what this thing is and what right. you can do about it. And the actual tactical element of it is he's like maybe looking for a weak point. Mm-hmm. Let's have a roll. No proficiency. <laughs> One. Mm. Uh, all right. So Schmeichel is also terrified. Mm. He can't really do anything. He's just afraid. Standing still. Yeah. Like he's, 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 he's terrified. He has the same fear effect as, as Gwyn, who actually has, like, the rat phobia. Right. Right. Gwen's more physical. She could run away. Schmeichel, not quite as physical. But guess who Sandra is? The, the town pump. rat catcher. Oh, yes. That's true. So Sandra actually sees a moment in which she can actually <laughs> take advantage of the situation. Mm-hmm. She sees this weird apparition, weird penny, Pennywise creature going off doing the thing. Her name's Penny. Let's not fine, get fine, us fine, in legal fine. trouble here. Legally, yeah, sure. <laughs> so this weird penny creature doing her weird thing. But what Sandra sees around her are hundreds of opportunities. <laughs> right? So Sandra looks down and sees these rats, and she's like, oh my god, I can use this to my advantage. So she like reaches her arms into the pool of rats, collects them, collects them on her arm. No. <laughs> well, let's see what you do. Tell me what you. That's gross. <laughs> let's let's try and uh, let's try and reel your thing in to a movement and an action. <laughs> Tell me what you try and do, and we'll see what happens. Sandra is going to cover her arms in rats that obey her every uh... whim, and then she's going to attack Pennywise, Penny shit, Jesus Penny Christ. with her rat arms. Okay. Or perhaps she's going to hurl a bunch of rats oh, into I'll let Penny's you, I'll mouth. I'll let you try. That's right. I thought let's, Penny let's disappeared into the rat pile. She like, did. Oh, so there there's, is no, no, there's no Penny There's left. no Penny. Penny is, a, Penny is a swarm yeah. of rats now. Oh, Penny's just... There's no Penny. There's just rats. Yeah. There's just rats. Okay, I wasn't clear on that. Okay. All right, everybody that case, ready? Let's take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> I got excited. <sighs> okay. Um, reverse, reverse, reverse. Sandra's going to start squishing rats like there's no tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. So Sandra... Did she bring her rat stick to the fair? She's never far from her rat stick. She's a good rat <laughs> She's hitter, like man. Dale Gribble. She's not going to go... And that rat stick and Sandra are attached to the hip. All right. So she, in like a very sleek, very like know-it-all, I'm the shit kind of move, reaches into her side hip, side hip <laughs> sheath compartment, whips out just the, the most delicately crafted rat It's a billy club. Billy club you've ever seen. (laughs) As well put together as she is. It's just a billy club. And she is going to (laughs) swing like there's no tomorrow, you know? Give me that attack roll. Oh, yeah. She rolled a 14. With a proficiency of 1, so that's a 15. Uh, So, like, the rats are around and there's a lot, but she's good at her job and Mm -hmm. she's, like, she's picking individuals out of the swarm and and bashing them in the head. Give me a... uh, 
D6 for damage. It's Sandra. She rolled a six. Six. We're hitting rats here. It's fucking right her Sandra, back. son. We're right in her backyard here. Come on. Mm. All right. Uh, Dane. You, uh, no one else, no one in your half of the of the player party is afraid of rats, specifically. Correct. Um, Zai is afraid of animals and beasts. Give me a quick d20 at advantage. At advantage... Well, that's going to be a five, so we're going to get a higher number this time. Do you Thank wanna, you. Do you want to explain what add advantage is, or is that kind of... Well, it's d and It's, like it's fairly twice, well known. Take the higher. Roll twice, take there, the higher number. explained it. Disadvantage, Boom. take the lower number. Done. Um, okay, so, 15. Zai, you're okay. Sweet. These beasts got nothing on Zai. Well, so she was, you know, kind of about to start crushing, and then, you know, weird. Mm. Um, and like, you know, she just came from the forest and dropped off some squirrels. So she has a sling. That's like her, that's how she does her animal poaching, you know, modus operandi. All right. So she, she, you know, whips out her sling, you know, super slick, you know, drops a stone in it and just starts swinging it around ready. If any rat comes next to her, she's going to bonk it. Okay. Like bonk, not throw the stone, but you know, just, yeah. Use it as a. As a as a cudgel. Yeah. All right. So she's ready. She's so, she's like prepped an opportunity, an opportunity attack, attack. Is what she does. All right. Okay. Um, Glenn is going to run to his twin. Uh, get over to Gwen. Oh shit. Yeah, a little a little protective. Gwen's afraid. Yeah. Got to help her out. She's usually the strong um, one. Also, if you would allow it, so. Glenn being uh, the male twin of the, you know, uh, Shooting Star Tavern server staff. Tread lightly here. Um, he he <laughs> carries, uh, like, an iron bar in his, in his, like, pocket for, like, you know, making his fists bigger or, you know, more solid in case there's a rowdy, you know, a thing where he's got to take care of like it. That. Right? So, like, not knuckles, but, like, a fist filler. Yeah. Because he doesn't have access to nice knucks. No, yeah. yeah. But it's just a little piece just of metal. A, you know, a piece of pig iron, yeah. right, you know. Like a roll of quarters, but right. there's no such thing as a roll of quarters. Right, and he's not, he doesn't have a roll of coins because he's not rich. Yeah. Right, so, yeah. So he, like, you know, slips his hand into his pocket and gets it ready, but, like, you know, what are you going to do, punch rats? No. He's just going to go, you know, slide up next to Gwen. All right. Twinning. Uh, twinning. Hashtag twinning. That's awesome. Um, Hans, though, let's see, what the fuck is Hans going to do? Hans is going to take uh, take a percepti of the ruins and see what kind of uh, situation everybody is in here. Um, like, you know, cover, uh, ing- uh, egress. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is there like, you know, maybe a, a, shor- a sword-shaped stick or something? I don't know, right? Just okay. general percepti. Give me that. Probably not a proficiency bonus. Yeah. Looking for tools, looking for escapes. 16. That's good. All right. So the room you guys are in, it's not really room. It's a lot of, you know, it's a circular open-sided thing held up by, it's like a gazebo. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, And it's about 30 feet across. 
and the roof is partially collapsed, so there's lots of half cover just scattered around inside the area. Mm. On one side, there's a slope back to the town, and on the other side, there is dense forest. Okay. And that's what you know. And that's what you perceive, and that's, you know, if you use those things to your advantage, I'll, I'll you know, I'll put that in the, in how, the dice. How prevalent is magic in this universe? It um, exists everywhere, but it's really inaccessible. So there's like, um, uh, there's like court mm-hmm. wizards. There's also wandering wizards who can actually do some stuff. They're not all shysters. And there's also like uh, forest uh, medicine women, witches, stuff like that. It exists. It's easy to go out and find it, but not hardly anyone knows it and can do it personally. Um, being an executioner's apprentice, I want to use my my uh, you know uh, per, um, profession mm. for like a history check. Essentially, um, how do or how does like the law deal with bad wizards? Mm. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no role for that. Um, bad wizards get hanged or burned. Usually burned. It's uh, it's like real life um, medieval codes of justice, okay. except magic actually exists. So if you're a witch or a wizard and you do uh, malfeasance, mm-hmm. that's death. But like you know, is there like you know um, a classic uh, like you know kryptonite like thing? You oh, know, like okay. diamantium yeah, yeah. or you know, uh, like... so. Um, Iron. How do you yeah? How do you cage a wizard? Iron and lead okay. are uh, are insulative okay. to magic, um, but just like throwing an iron nail at a magic user probably wouldn't do that much. Mm-hmm. But okay. like iron shackles, that stops a wizard from casting spells. Okay, um, so where Hans is standing, where like the swarm of rats is that like swarming towards the town side of these ruins? It's swarming towards Gwyn, who is in kind of the center of the of the of okay. the gazebo. Um, I'm gonna Hans is gonna move in between the swarm and the forest. Okay. Good. Interesting. And Glenn moved to to Gwen's be near. There. All right. Gwen and Gwen. Glenn. Hashtag twinning. Glenn mm. and Gwen are together. Right. So. Uh, as as Glenn moved toward his sister and Gwen is uh, terrified of the rats, um, the rats swarm on the floor, kind of rushes together at their feet and boils upward into a giant, like, double life-sized, double double human-sized giant rat with multiple heads. Oh, and baby. dives down with its nasty fangs uh, in an attack against both of you. Both Glynn and hey, Gwyn. we came into this world together. We're going to go out. It. <laughs> if we're going to go out... Uh, Gwyn is okay. Able to dodge aside. Damn. Glynn gets hit. <gasps> Brother! Uh, I don't think you decided on which dice was going to attack who until they rolled. You're right. I made a dramatic decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's Glynn's health? Four. Four. Ass. The um, <laughs> the giant rat king monster lunges down and its jaws clamp shut, clamping clean through from the shoulder bone back out through your sternum and ripping the the arm and shoulder away 
from Glynn in just like a welter of blood, ripped apart. And the other heads and the myriad of rats on the ground around it start swarming and devouring. But even as that happens, the uh, it's like a splash of a big rock in a pond. The, the rat swarm kind of <laughs> rushes up, devouring, and then kind of recedes down on the ground. Um, and... Uh, turns to Hans and bursts into flame. Now it's yeah. a How do they know what big giant rat of? skeleton. Magic. Looks like the skeleton of just a big scary animal, mm-hmm. but it has no flesh, it has no skin. Fire. It's just solid flame. Oh boy. Give me a uh, Rest in peace. Give me a uh, hands roll. Yeah, let's just take a moment. Yeah, take a moment. Remember Rest our fallen in peace. brother. I mean, he's still with us probably for the next Come on, Hans. 15 and a half seconds. You gotta but... get angry. You gotta get angry. You mean? Two dodgeball references. Seven. Yikes. All right. Hans is afraid. <laughs> Hans is afraid, and uh, he might be able to do some other stuff, but he certainly can't attack this sure. thing uh-huh. or you know, think super clearly. Uh-huh. Um, the monster also makes an extra attack. The, the monster's overpowered. It's me. Right, right, right. Yeah. So this uh, this flaming skeleton, about the size of a person and a half, lunges at Hans. Yeah, it's a hit. That's a hit too. All right, Hans. What's your what's your AC? Twelve. Yeah, wow. it gets you. Rolled a rolled a thirteen. Rolled a thirteen. Two. Uh, you're still with us. So. Hans takes two damage from a from a swipe of a burning claw and kind of stumbles aside. He hates it. Grief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, Gwyn is dead, but Schmeichel and Sandra. Gwen or, is no, de- Gwyn is not dead. Gwen Sorry, dead. Glenn is dead. Glenn. So you still have three <laughs> Gwen that you're is, controlling. Gwen is, I mean, Gwen is... Incensed, I, mean, I would imagine. Right. I mean, she is very, very rarely rattled by... by the sensitivities of the human emotion. Nothing really phases her. I mean, she's she's a meat she's a meat boy, you know, meat gal. <laughs> and uh, if there's one thing in this world that that Gwen can't stand to lose, it is it is her brother Gwen. It is her 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 hashtag twinning. She's also not afraid partner. of fire. So now that the rats are gone, right. her uh, her restriction is you, lifted. You could say that that fire that she sees outside now that is not a rat, she feels that fire inside of her <laughs> in a burning conflagration of vengeance that she wants to exact on this creature that took her her brother from this world from her. Okay. What'd she do? So in one action, in, in one moment of shedding a tear for her brother, she bellows out the most viscerally in, <laughs> in, incapacitating incredible war cry you've ever heard. <laughs> she is just screaming her heart out at this creature. Does she have braids? I don't know. I don't know. It's she's okay. in a she's a blur of motion right now. So if she had hair, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to tell what it was. So I'm gonna go with an intimidation shout. Okay. To try to stop this flame and it's and it just frees the flame up from from lashing from from attacking Hans because okay. she's she crushes on Hans. So now mm-hmm. she's afraid for losing two of her yeah two of her closest. So people she's in the world. she's trying to intimidate and distract it. Right. All right. She she wants the attention on her because she's about to make a heroic. All right. Heroic moment. Give me a roll. Ten. Ten? Um, I'd say that's 
I'd, I'd give you the proficiency, the proficiency, but it's still not enough. Okay. Um, and a tongue of fire just kind of like whips back like a like a swatting hand, and and she takes one damage. She takes one from just getting singed. So you could say that her cry, her battle cry of intimidation, was more more of an emotional. It sounds like, yeah, it was it was emotional than, release and it was also emotional release. Yeah, yeah, her attack was ineffective. Right. So she's gonna dive at the the base. She of the, already did stuff. What does Michael and Sandra do? Okay. So now that it, now that well now there's another corpse arise around. And Schmeichel's still not digging the amount of corpses that are around. Give him. me a d twenty. Give me advantage. advantage. Roll it advantage. Yeah. Four. Now another. Oh, one. another. It's advantage, right? Another. Two. <laughs> Two. <right>. So unfortunately, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the. Um, the dismembered corpses oh, of Otto and Glenn yeah. have have frightened Schmeichel too much. Yeah. So he again can't really do anything this Schmeichel turn. Schmeichel is shitting his pants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's Sandra do? So Sandra is still. There's no more rats around for Sandra to beat. Nope. No. But there's, there's is there still that very large rat, or it's now just no. the pillar of flame? It's it's a it's a pillar of flame that had a skeleton in the middle, but now it's just kind of like fire moving towards somebody. Okay. And. As the turns have been progressing, the fire is spreading, and you know it's looking like the whole gazebo is like an on fire thing around you. So Sandra, in her infinite intelligence, knows that a great way to extinguish a flame is to get rid of its oxygen source. So what Sandra is going to do, Sandra, why'd you make you start saying this? <laughs> what Sandra is going to be know. doing is she's going to now take her billy club and all her. She's got some strength from beating rats. She's not. She's not no weakling. Uh, yeah, we, we know to, Sandra's capable. She's capable. She's going to try to kick up as much dirt as possible and try uh-huh. to smother these flames. At the same time, she's grabbing this cloak that she wears, and she's going to try and use that. Okay. So the, the, the combination of the cloak and the soil. I love that. She's going to try and smother this fire a little bit. All diminish right. its Diminish its, its, its spread here. Give me attack at advantage. 14. 13. All right. That's good. Uh, the 14 gets. Um, and as... I'm making some adjustments as you guys uh, do damage to. Uh, give me a D8 for damage as you, um, you know, you kick some dirt and you get up in there and you start, like, kind of smothering right. the fire with uh, uh, with your cloak. Oh, Eight. my God, Sandra's a goddamn legend. To Sandra. D- well, try again. <laughs> <laughs> Dane. Glenn is dead. Yep. Hans uh, Hans is frightened, but if he can beat the frightening, then he'll be able to do stuff besides right. run away. Let's and... try a let's try a master of the fear. Okay. Just D twenty. Uh, D twenty, but add proficiency because Hans deals with grisly stuff okay. and has probably had to master his natural mm-hmm. repulsion yes. before. Okay. Because he's the apprentice executioner. Fourteen. Fourteen. You get it. All right, so this fiery thing is coming towards you, uh-huh. and you hate that. Right. Hans hates that because of the witch he burned one time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't like any of that, and he didn't like it here either. But he reached down deep, and he overcame. Uh-huh. Okay, Hans. so he's got a clear head? Mm-hmm. All right, because, you know, he was pretty buddy-buddy with Glenn, he knows that Glenn carried a, you know, a pig iron, you know, a little rod with him. Okay. Um, so he's going to yell at uh, Gwen to get the iron. Okay. And, like, you know, pump her up. 
That's going to be his action. I like it. Right. So yeah. empowering Gwen. Yes. Give you, you maybe, advantage on the next roll or whatever. And in mm-hmm. fact, just because, I mean, I would think that Gwen, because she has feelings, undescribed feelings for Hans, it's probably super it's gonna effective work, on her. It's going to work, right? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Give, me, give me a roll with proficiency. 13. What's your AC? 11. All right. So Gwen uh, hears it, knows it, knows what uh, Hans is talking about, and goes for it right away. So next turn, you just, you have the little piece of pig iron in your hand. You're right to it. Uh, what does And then, well, then oh, Hans, Hans is going to put some stone in between him and the fire. Okay. So he <laughs> took a moment earlier and he saw the, like, the yes. rubble and the yeah. half cover mm-hmm. that's lying around. So he's able to do that. He's made some space. And the, uh, the towering creature of fire with a skeleton core is now kind of... <sighs> looking around, casting about a little bit unsure of what to do next. Oh, we stumped it somehow. What should I do? I, uh, she... She's kind of a bow and arrow or something, right? She's a poacher? Sling. Sling. Oh, a sling girl. She's just going to whip a rock at it. Whip a rock into it? I don't know. Yeah. What else is she going to do, right? Fire for effect. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that means... Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> we'll get into this. Get into this. Fire for effect means you're already on target. Yeah. All right. Fire I mean, for effect means, again. like, your targeting rounds have hit. Fire for effect means put the whole battery on target now. Everyone shoot, like, a volley of six rounds. It's for, like, mortars and artillery. Mm. I have nothing clever to say about that. Right. And it doesn't necessarily mean your your uh, your uh, range finders were on target. But mm-hmm. it's, like, adjustment, fire for effects. Yeah. So maybe your last round, and we're way off base here. <laughs> Important note, though. But Okay, so say you're a forward observer calling in artillery. Okay. And you've gotten it pretty close. They need to adjust, you know, maybe 100 yards left or right. You tell them that. Adjust right, 100 meters, fire for effect. The whole battery now shoots on that target. That's how you level a village or, uh, you know, an artillery position or a tank platoon or something. I can't believe you learned this in prison. It's wild to me. All right, here we go. Zai, if you're on a rock. Prison is a dumb metaphor for the military. That's not supposed to be a metaphor for the military. That's a three. That's a three. A hot Uh, three. Doesn't work. Um, So you sling a sling, but it just kind of... the. the bullet, the sling stone, uh-huh. just kind of like whizzes through some fire. Great. A tongue of flame and clatters Sweet. in the rocks. Um, then Zai's going to get some elevation. Okay. So she climbs up a little bit. Um, the, uh, the fire suddenly <laughs> just dies down to its base. <laughs> There's no more fire anymore. Wisps of smoke. <laughs> Fill the top of the gazebo all around you guys. We beat it! And then suddenly, <laughs> Glenn's corpse lurches oh, to its feet. Oh, come on. And is like, Rah! oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, so Schmeichel's still just. And, still and Schmeichel, Schmeichel is absolutely him. terrified. He's, and now there's an animated corpse just uh, clawing at him. Oh, Jesus. Poor Schmeichel, man. Ah, but it doesn't get him. So. With a corpse fist around his ankle, Schmeichel is like struggling to get away. 
Um, and then, sorry, who's dead? I didn't, uh, just Glenn. Glenn. Glenn just is, yeah. Just and Otto. Just Glenn is dead, and Otto. Yeah, right. Otto is the other one. Right. Otto also raises as like a lurchy zombie. Uh, I wish there was a camera. Wasn't on he right in now, half? Because you're really performing yeah. this out. And he's like. Oh, gross. You know, <laughs> he's, he's like hanging down from uh, like from his bottom ribs. And nearly headless? Yeah. How can you be nearly headless? Lashes yeah. out with inhuman strength uh, at Sandra, who is uh, <gasps> right next to him. Mm, fucking nails him. Shit. Sandra is smacked hard by the corpse of Otto, slung, just flung across the chamber, and hard smashes into one of the pillars, breaking her back and slumping to the floor dead. She had a good go of it. She did. So, Schmeichel. Your turn. Yeah. So, there's corpses. Schmeichel. uh, Pretty spooked. Give me his be afraid roll. 20? Yep. 17? He's okay. Wait a minute! He's seen these corpses, but now he's seen them doing weird things, and he's seen bad stuff happen to his friends, and he's like, doesn't matter, I'm afraid. But courage is not the absence of fear, it's the acting in spite of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's ready to fucking get down, because he's not having any more of this. Fate would have it that Schmeichel has the roughest <laughs> go of it, then all of a sudden rises up to the challenge. That is so Schmeichel. <laughs> That is so schmeichel. Come on. Um, so he's got a, he's got an arm around his foot, right? The, yes. The corpse yeah, of yeah. Glenn. There's, the corpse of Glenn has has clutched his foot. Right. So I never really gave Schmeichel an instrument to play, but I'm going to give him a, an off-tuned flute. Okay. That he uses. It's it's never been in tune. Is it? Uh, so is it like nice carved wood, or is it just like a tin? Well, I'd imagine that he carved it himself. He which did. Is why it's okay. off tune? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's it, it's made of it's made of ebony wood, so it's very fine wood uh-huh. that he found. But he did carve it himself, so it's never quite been in tune. <laughs> but it's been with him for a long time, much like Sandra and her and her rat stick. Rest in peace. <laughs> All right. So Schmeichel's swinging right for. The head of Glenn that's that's banging on him, you know. Okay. And Schmeichel feels like this is his moment. Yeah. He's wailing on he's, it with a with a stick. He's wailing on it with what is effectively a stick. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Twenty. Twenty. Thirteen. Thirteen. Uh, what's your proficiency? One. One. I'll give it to you. So you hit. Schmeichel. Uh, Schmeichel. Give me give me a D six. Dark horse. A D six for damage. Yay! Oh, fucking dark dude, horse. Schmeichel. It's a six. So you fucking jam it down right into this corpse's head. And doesn't matter that it was your friend a second ago. It's Hell it's no. it's getting the full Oh yeah, it's a corpse and Schmeichel. It's getting the full smackaroo. Corpses and Schmeichel have never seen eye to eye. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. Gwen? Uh yeah, Gwen. So who think, has who has the the iron in right. her fists right now? I think it might fuck Gwen up a little bit too much to swing at Glenn. So I think she's gonna swing at Otto. Mm-hmm. Otto's gonna... the more monstrous. He's a half in half person. But we're talking about Gwen, who's now, like, so ah. so full of suicidal bravado. Well, yeah, that's why I'm saying it'd be it'd be on character. Yeah, yeah. she she'd more want to attack this monster than just like the wriggling corpse of her brother. 
there's nobody writes a song about you beating up the wriggling corpse of your brother. Right? Hashtag no, twenty. Hashtag twenty. No one's gonna write a song about you beating up your dead brother. Right? Mm-hmm. However, writing a song about beating up a half ripped apart apprentice mage who's kind of a creep in the first place because he lied to us. Mm. That's song worthy, I think. He didn't lie to you. I think he just got taken in. Perhaps. By the monster. That's not how Gwen sees it. Okay. <laughs> so Gwen's gonna Gwen's gonna, you know Alright. So Gwen's punching. Iron iron rod in her right hand. Mm-hmm. She's gonna try to uppercut this uh this auto guy who now she's like, you kind of a dick, dude. Like why'd you make us Rick come all the way over here? You killed my brother. Mm-hmm. I'm hitting you hard. So Gwen's Gwen's swinging at him full strength. And at the same time, so is isn't this um this auto guy, he's he was the one reaching towards Hans? Uh auto no, Otto just smacked Sandra. Yeah, Otto, Otto, killed, smacked Sandra. Otto killed Sandra. Sandra. Yeah, Gwen doesn't really care about Sandra. Glenn's corpse. This is going to be fucking stupid to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> this really is. Otto smacked Sandra, whacked her across the room, killed her. Hans ran away. No, no. Hans is okay. Hans beat his fear. Glenn's corpse was grabbing Schmeichel, but Schmeichel beat him to death with a... Well, beat him to double death with his flute. <laughs> Why you recover? Can recovery I get a recovery moment? Yeah. Okay. So, fuck it. She's swinging at. She's swinging at Otto. Yeah. Um. She's swinging at him real hard, real fucking hard. Um. That's her swing. We're All right. Swing. Away. Give us. Give us swing. Swing roll. Oh, 18. And she crushes it. 18 right. on the glitter. Yeah, so there's this gross corpse that just smacked your friend across the room, fucking killed her, broke her back. It swung around to face you. It's hanging down. It's like a, you know, it's a human up to the um, up to the waist, and then it's, like, hanging off of itself because it's partially bitten in half, and it's uh, waving its claws <laughs> at you from upside down. But uh, you come in and you fucking... Bam! Deck it with a meaty, uh, you know, tavern server girl's fist full That's of so a Gwen. bar of That's iron. So Gwen. Give me a damage roll. Give me a d8. Uh, nope. That this. one. That one. There's too many. Uh, for the folks at home, we're not that slow. There's like 15 <laughs> dice on the table. Seven. Seven. All right. Gwen. So, as you fucking, like, you nail it. You Bam. uppercut, you hit what used to be auto, like right square in the jaw, but instead of, you know, being an uppercut to the jaw, it's, you know, down, and the corpse fucking crumples, breaks in half, and both corpses suddenly stop moving. Uh, everyone freezes for a second, or doesn't freeze, but, like, there's a silence, and everyone's looking around because there's no more movement. Where's the monster? Um, suddenly there's, like, a whoosh. A whoosh of smoke from the uh, the fire when it was in fire form, back towards the discarded clothes of Penny the Bard, who, uh, you know, was the uninvited guest, the intruder, the the interloper here. <laughs> um, her clothes suddenly fill up again, and it looks like her standing in her clothes, but beat up, like punched and black eyed and bruised, and then her clothes and her body both. Dissolve into smoke, down to the ground. Another swarm of rats whooshes past you guys, whooshes past your feet, and scampers away down towards the river. It wouldn't be a good boss battle without three acts, right? Well, as far as, like, this isn't a full campaign. You guys, uh, you overcame. Oh! 
Sandra and Glenn are dead. Yeah, it happens. There's been uh, Gwyn got burned a little bit, or well, yeah, Gwyn got burned a little bit, and uh, didn't Hans while, get bumped. while the the rats are running away? Can Zai just launch a launch a rock at yep. one of them? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, let him have it. Give me give me a quick roll. 19. 19. Oh, 20. Now so you start rolling. Come so on. You, you, hear a, you, know, you hear a gross, like, you know, yeah. the sound. <laughs> like, Fucking eat it, bitch. <laughs> probably when she's out in the woods um, getting squirrels for people to make squirrel on a stick or getting rabbits and other small game for skins mm-hmm. and stuff. She probably goes for the head. Yeah. Um, this is what it sounds like when you hit a small animal with a stone that outweighs the animal. Mm. And it, nice. So, you know. She feels good about that, but also, yeah. like, shake. I hope that was your left tit, fucking you fucking cunt. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Zai, let's take it down a notch. We just, we just won, all right? So, um, an investigation from the town authorities, from the local baron, the town watch, and the, uh, the, the sitting court wizard doesn't seem to reveal much and the survivors Schmeichel, Gwyn, Zai and Hans are all uh, really perturbed with how this went. They didn't fucking like that and they don't like how no justice was really done. Mm. Hans is now his mission is to find Penny mm. and bring it her justice. I think this whole ordeal has brought Hans and Gwen remarkably close together. Over. Do they kiss? I, you know, I don't know. Emotions are running pretty hot. Emotions I, th- are I think maybe they I think, kiss. I think, I think they, they maybe run to each other and kiss because, you know, Hans just lost his best friend, Gwen. Lost brother. Gwen. Right. Twin. And, like, you know, just like, you know, they, they do, they share a very wet, loving, passionate kiss. At the it's end. not a very, like, it's not a, not a kiss. Well, it's not clean. It's not clean. It's sloppy. It's, mm, it's going to yeah, be sloppy. Teenagers. <laughs> they're all teenagers. Yeah, they're teenagers, yeah. And oh, like they like walk oh back to, to town to tell the authorities, you know, hand in hand. Hand maybe. in hand, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Schmeichel's never felt more of himself in his entire life. In fact, really? on the way back, he can't even feel the crick in his leg. <laughs> that somehow just like worked out great Sh- for him. Schmeichel's flying so high. Because the duality of Schmeichel is that he was never so scared in his entire life during that battle. But also, he's never felt so much himself when he actually smacked. Gwen, Glenn, in the face. <laughs> the corpse of Glenn. Yeah. So yeah. Schmeichel... No, it sure. might make him a better bard. Now he has way better material to pull from. Maybe he even gets in, into his head that he should, like, go out on adventures to be wow. a better I think bard. so. And then, like, Zai just kind of... She doesn't go back with them. They all are like, yeah, let's go back to town and tell the authorities, you know, we gotta... And then, like, you know, on the way there, she, like, disappears in the forest. Because mm. she doesn't want to talk to no fucking cops. Nope. Mm. So... <laughs> So maybe fuck the police. Maybe maybe there's a band forming here. We got Hans, Gwen, Gwen and, and Schmeichel mm. forming Honestly, a band. I see an adventure round two with our three protagonists. Well, so that's yeah. Mm. <laughs> fuck yeah. That's that's the delightful um, setup for chapter two, and we'll get out of this a little bit. Uh, what we're going to talk about next is a debrief of yeah, character creation. Debrief. Yeah. But for anyone who didn't pick up on it. I was doing Stephen King's It, kind of. And I did have it in my head that maybe we'd get to It Chapter 2, where as adults you came back mm-hmm. to, you know, finish a thing that you didn't quite finish. But it's fair that you didn't finish it because you were children right. when it first happened to you. Whatever. Um, but, yeah, that was... I, I really like that idea. And that I'm fucking stoked fantastic. with the characters you guys came up with. So mm-hmm. we're going to... Um, 
but we're going to have a little debrief about uh, character creation. Can we have a moment of silence for Sandra? Mm-hmm. Who was perhaps... What about Glenn? Yeah, Glenn was all right. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Glenn didn't even do any damage to Penny. So, the thing, if you're, you know, faithful listeners of the podcast, what we always do after we do a live play thing, because we don't just play for entertainment, even though it is fun. This is an instructional and educational and this, this is a learning experience. That's We're going to make you fucking learn show. something. Yeah. So, um, with the goal of debrief and self-reflection, let's talk about the thing that was most different about this compared to the things that we usually do, which is that I rolled your characters up for you, basically. Um, I want to hear how that went for you guys, and I want to hear what sort of decisions you had to make to fit your ideas of a character into the framework that I gave you in the first place. Well, uh, the first thing is to hit back on our previous episode about backstory and process of character creation. Uh, you kind of gave the mechanics to us, right? You know, you gave us our ACs and our health and our proficiencies. Uh, we all had the same proficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right. All of you were apprentices, right. basically. We were young. Um, but uh, some people were a little more squishy, like Glenn, mm-hmm. uh, rest in peace, um, versus Hans, who was a little less squishy. Um so, you know, already you're kind of setting the, the gameplay, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, the executioner's apprentice, a little bit of a beefcake, you know, can take yeah, some yeah, more yeah. damage, right? So maybe they're a meathead and, like, we never really got into, you know, how smart is Hans and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started with mechanics and then we put story behind them. Um Another weird thing, and I feel like you know, I'm off on my you know tangent here, um, but we were making characters together. We talked about it like, oh, you know, Glenn and Gwen, they didn't start out as twins, but we right. made them twins they because that, right. they, they... And I didn't have that planned that like two of you were going to be the same character, basically. You both were going to be tavern servers. And also, I didn't make your names rhyme. Y'all did that. <laughs> oh, Sharif did that. Which yeah. basically guarantees that y'all are twins. Right, yeah. right. It was a natural transition, you know, to just be like, mm. well, these two characters, they work the same job. They have very similar names. Let's just make them, you know, familiarly. It was very natural, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we talked about, and, you know, for, for consistent listeners, this was maybe a little bit of a little while ago, but we talked about what we liked about the character creation process and a little bit about our personal processes. So what worked and what didn't for you guys as far as your normal creation process and what did you have to do to adapt? What what like hoops did you feel like you had to jump through to make this stuff work? Was it restrictive or did it actually like open stuff up? Um, I think uniquely about this process, the only restrictive thing we had was time. Mm. Usually when it comes to us coming together for a session, we've talked about it beforehand and like, okay, we're going to do a session on Saturday. We're going to, you know, everyone come come with a character, come with an idea at least, right? Mm. And so, you know, maybe throughout your week, your Monday, Tuesday, you pick up bits of information and you kind of want to, you know, carry that into your role-playing session on Saturday. 
in our previous, well, when we went to character creation for, for our previous episode, we had, like, minutes to put together who our characters were. And it happened very quickly. Yeah. And I think that exercise is actually really helpful, being yeah. able to do that quickly. It just makes you better at everything. But, um, but so you don't feel like that limited you. Because I, like, I told you what your job was. Right. And I told you, hey, you're afraid of this. And obviously that was going to play into it because it's a short little session, as you said. We didn't have the time of a, you know, uh, like a multi-session arc to build up to this and have things like mm-hmm. what you're afraid of affect that. I told you what you were afraid of, so you knew that was going to be part of the adventure. Right. Yeah. I liked, um, so doing a contrast between, you know, this and... Uh, the banana split crossover mm. with the kids with bikes thing where we got to, you know, choose our equipment and uh, weapons and that kind of deal. Like, we didn't do any of that. And it was just kind of assumed, you know, we're, we're teenagers, you know, out for a night on the fair. We're not fucking packing heat. Yeah, right. You know, and I think that's that was a very good exercise in um, improvisation. Like, you know, what's... How are you going to do a fight? You mm-hmm. know, and like, you know, I, I came up with a couple things, right? Like Glenn being a, yeah. a tavern server. Glenn having a, a fist of, filler. Right. Mm. I think that was really, really good. So, like, you don't have to pick equipment. You can just be like, well, my character. It makes sense. The backstory that I've come up with and just, like, who they are. And part of it you didn't come up with. Part right. of it I said, this is who Glenn mm-hmm. is before you named him and, you know, came up with his baggage mm-hmm. and stuff. But I said, he works at the tavern. Okay, right. what makes sense for him to have? And, yeah, being able to do that, like, yeah. Okay, so sometimes he has to punch people. Mm-hmm. Maybe sometimes he has to punch people who outweigh him who are drunk right. and, you know, belligerent at the bar. Mm-hmm. So he's got a, just like a little piece of... Piece uh, of iron. Yeah, piece of iron as a right. fist filler. You know, or like, you know, Zai makes sense that she's if she's a poacher, she's got to, you know, she's got to have traps or a bow or, you know, yeah. something. Right? I went with the sling. Uh, total sense. Hans, on the other hand, executioner's apprentice, he wasn't going to have a weapon. Like, you know, if, if the fight lasted a little bit longer, he was going to pick up a rock and try to smash mm-hmm. with a rock. Mm-hmm. Which is maybe a little counterintuitive because, like, the executioner would have an axe mm-hmm. or a sword for their job, but he wouldn't be bringing it around with him right. for a night on the town. Mm-hmm. Right. No, but he is, wor- you know, he's used to, like, maybe carrying bodies to and fro. So he's, he's got some arms. Pick up a big stone. Mm-hmm. Made sense. But I think that was very strong. Is like not going through the meticulous character creation of, all right, here's your, your um, you know, stats, here's your AC, health, and whatever, but also like, you know, what weapons do you have and that yeah. kind of stuff. I, I like the idea of um, how this worked. And I think, you know, I might try and do this more with more stuff as we go forward, especially with little one-shots like this. I like the idea of lumping your equipment in with the just the things that you're good at. So if you are such and such a character, if you're Sandra the Rat Catcher, then you have, you know, you have proficiencies in these things that have to Mm. do with your job. And also you probably carry a hitting stick. Mm. That's just... Like, those things are a gimme. So if you act with one of those things, you get to add proficiency to your role. Or if you're playing with another system, your your difficulty is reduced. And also your damage is increased because you have a thing. But if you don't have a thing, like uh, Schmeichel, you know, 
I mean, it worked really well, and he rolled really good, but, like, nothing he had would have constituted a weapon in a sword fight with some orcs. Right. You know? You know, I think in a funny way, from a character creation perspective, the idea that you just gave us our jobs, gave us all of our base stats that were applicable for this role, for this scenario, it was really liberating to just, like, you know, when I was sitting there in those three and a half minutes, four minutes, we had to come up with, like, all right, like, who's your name? Mm-hmm. Give me something about you. All I, the only thing I had to focus on was, like, come up with a unique character trait about yeah. this person. And y'all did a lot with that. It was it was liberating to not have to worry about, like, well, maybe he carries a rifle. Maybe, maybe he carries grenades. Maybe he, you know, has a, yeah. a like, pre-cataclysm yeah. X or whatnot, mm-hmm. you know? He has a nice sword. He wears armor. Well, like, nobody's wearing armor. Nobody's mm-hmm. wearing armor, yeah. The Night of the Town It's actually, It's festival. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it liberated us to just focus on what would have been unique about the characters in mm. that they have unique personalities. And we were even given aspects of our personality that, that let us develop. Well, yeah, just more. the debilitating part. Right. You know, I said the thing you're afraid of. But also, uh, you know, that led into it. And I say, um, you know, someone's afraid of fire. Right. Hans is afraid of fire. You came up with a really good reason for Hans to be afraid of fire. Mm. And that leads me into, you know, one of the other things we usually touch in our debrief Um we discussed the idea of player agency. I told you, at least to some degree, who you were. Mm-hmm. And I told you a thing about your characters that you didn't have a choice about. I feel like you guys still were able to do a lot with that. And you came up with unique characters that nobody else would have come up with. And also you created dynamics and relationships between them. Um, but, you know... What do you guys think about that? I think that proves, um, you know, something that I I believe, I want to believe that we've touched on a little bit in previous episodes about giving your players prompts. You know, taking control as the game master and telling them this is how it is, is not bad, right? You know, the whole, you know, philosophy of, oh, you can't say no to a player. You can, you know, no but, right? Mm -hmm. So... Give them a, the prompt, right? You know, you assign jobs. That was liberating in a way, like what Sharif said. Uh, you know, yeah, sure, I'm a, you know, a poacher. Zai is a poacher, but, like, what kind of poacher she is is up to me. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's... So I'm not, like, stuck with the whole... Um, oh, what do they call that? Like, um, I don't know, like the too many choices... Mm, yeah, like the, yeah, the paralysis of choice. Yeah, paralysis of choice, right? Because I know I'm a poacher. So build a poacher character. Yeah, so like what's a cool poacher? Mm-hmm. It's not like be whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Shit, I don't know what I want. Right. Right. Um, I also liked, yeah, the coming up with characters together, we made some dynamics. And, you know, some of them didn't come into it. Like Zai's dislike of Sandra never really came into... Mm-hmm the, like, role-playing or combat, at least, right? And I'll, but, I'll say I had the idea of this, you know, being a two-part thing if this had not been, mm-hmm. you know, for a tight podcast episode. If anyone didn't pick up on it, this was Stephen King's It in a in a grimdark fantasy setting. I had the idea of how the chapter two would go, of how these the characters who survived would come back to finish the monster off once and for all. And maybe stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. Zai's uh, animosity mm-hmm. towards uh, 
Sandra. Towards Sandra might have come up, but then Sandra was dead. So mm-hmm. how does her not liking someone who she's mm-hmm. fighting to avenge, you but, know, fall? Like, like we would sure. we could have gotten you know, into more of that there. stuff later. But, you know, an example of our like character dynamics that actually made it into the story is Gwen, Glenn, and Hans, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, siblings Glenn dies. Siblings love each other. Gwen is very upset at watching her brother die. And then Hans, the guy she has a crush on. Now he's know, in danger. He boosts her her agency, you know, mm-hmm. her ability to do something. You know, he like, you know, pumps her up. Mm-hmm. That made it in. That was, you know, something that we kind of came up with on the fly. Yeah. And, you know, it's stuck to the wall, right? You know, throw it at the wall, see what sticks. Right. Uh, well, I thought that went fantastically. Thank you, both of you, Sharif, Dane. Um, Absolutely. I, I had an absolute blast, and I was thrilled with uh, with what you guys brought to the table. I, <laughs> you know, I, I, I gave you guys the prompts, but you guys made this a real thing with your... Uh, with your willingness to, you know, roll with the punches and and get into it and improv the and improv the story. That's so this this was spectacular. Thank you both. I have uh, I got uh, a point that I want to touch on. I want to put it on the board. Okay. Um, and specific to this instance where we got three characters and we made up three characters and a couple of them died. Um, but it could be, you know, applied to making a full, you know, D&D character or whatever. Mm-hmm. When you or make Eclipse a character, engine. Right, yeah. or an Eclipse, right? You make a character, you have, you know, this pre, or not preset, but, you know, you set these character traits or stats before you start playing. Mm-hmm. Then you start playing, and maybe some of them are like, eh, this wasn't actually a good idea, right? For example, in this setting... When we got three characters, I had a pretty good idea that at least a couple of them would die, mm. right? What I I won't wanted, lie to mm. our listeners. Uh, I didn't obfuscate that from the get go. Right. You know, there's not really a reason to play a multitude of characters unless some of them aren't going to make it. So, you, well, what know, I, you, what you guys wanted, would be forgiven for you mm. know knowing that ahead of time. But props to both of you for playing earnestly anyway and not treating anyone like they were throwaway i wanted i wanted zai to be like my main character i wanted her to like you know really come out you know this would be her coming out session where like she becomes like a total badass but it turns out that like she actually didn't do much she got a little you know scared and like you know was trying to think tactically but it ended up being bad for the group hans on the other hand. Like, I kind of was like, eh, you know, Hans is my, if I had to choose, Hans dies. Mm. But he didn't. He actually showed his mettle. He was, you know, yeah. he was composed. And he rolled he got, good he and got made some it good through. Rolls, and then I completely changed where, like, if we did a session two, like, Zai is kind of, you know, out. Like, she just, like, kind of bailed on the group. And, like, Hans is really all about the group. He's made some great friends with, Schmeichel and and Gwen. Stop laughing. I can't. I really can't. <laughs> Anyways, I just thought, you know, that's that's an example of when you make a character, you don't have to stick with everything you wrote before you start playing. Mm-hmm. You can change stuff. Yeah, don't Characters be married to can it. Characters go with arcs. Let it, and, you know. Yeah. Let it find itself. Right. Yeah. 
There's beauty in that. There is beauty in that in letting your players discover, you know, the the attributes we assign to our characters. Like uh, in a similar way, I made Sandra like someone that I thought, oh, yeah. huge badass. Well, we right? know yeah, yeah, yeah. because we put you in yeah. boarding jail almost. Right? Yeah, you wouldn't stop and fucking easy, easy, easy. And I kind of like I even said Gwen was <laughs> had suicidal bravado, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then she was frozen solid by by the rats. Yeah, by and, fear. And Schmeichel was kind of a throwaway character, right? Mm-hmm. And it turns out that all of a sudden, just because of the roles, mm-hmm. he turned out to become yeah. uh, a hero of well, and, and I think also I think now because of that, right? if we did play the it chapter two, right, then you know these these characters who did survive suddenly they you know. They they would take on this weight and this importance uh, to you guys as players, yeah. Um, that maybe you didn't expect when you mm-hmm. you know created them out of yeah. basically nothing in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sharif, real quick before we wrap up, thank you for being our guest throughout this arc. Thank you very uh, much. This has been an absolute delight. Do you have any last little thoughts? you want to share and keep it brief because we're running over. But yeah, yeah. What's, what's, what's your kind of parting word on character creation you'd like to leave our listeners with? So first off, I've been absolutely thrilled with the opportunity to come That's enough. Here. I already said that. Okay. Well, you know what? <laughs> I'm happy. I'm, I love this. This is, this is one of my favorite hobbies. Thank you so much for having me. I think your guys' podcast is fabulous. I'm super happy to be here. Parting ideas when it comes to character creation Something that I tend to do when I walk into the room and I know I'm going to be on the spot, you know, creating or running something like this. If something pops into your head that, you know, you immediately want to shoot down as like a weird thing or like something that like is strange, you're probably the only person in the room that's thinking that. And if you give it a chance. If you bring it to the table, you never know where it's going to go, mm. right? Like Schmeichel and his offbeatness and his weird janky legness. Like and I was just like, dumb maybe, name. I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't do that because it's way like divergent from what the story we're telling is. But you know what? It came into my head. And if you just flow with whatever creativeness pops into your head. But as soon as you commit to it, it's not out of place anymore. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's it's just part of the it's part of the, the quilt. It's yeah, it's part of the weave that y'all are right. you know, doing together. And the last thing, Dane touched on this, but don't get married to the idea of what you want your characters to do in the dungeon, right? Mm. Because it's not really in your hands. And you have to be able to let go of the ideas you had prior to when the adventure starts because it does not go how you want it to go. And it's not really about you living out your fantasy of how you want the world to, to be, mm. you know, traversed. Yeah. Go with whatever's going to make a good story. Yeah. It's, it's collaborative. It's collaborative and, you know, our character creation bounced off each other. Mm. And it's probably because I've known Dane for so long and we know what each other wants when it comes to telling a story. And so we were able to bounce off each other's ideas. And it just worked out so well to be able to work together to come up with characters. It did work out really well. Very happy. All right. Well, that's going to do it for uh, another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. Um, if you liked this, you want to you wanna see more, you want to see some of the stuff that we produce, check out our website, 2HGM.com. Uh, we have a contact feedback form. If you want to reach us, we also have role-playing material like the Eclipse Engine and for RPG free. Lite. Available for download for free. Download and, it. Yeah, download that. Um, Give it a shot. We got a Patreon too. Links on the website, mm-hmm. uh, Twitter. You know, hit us up on Twitter. Slide into our DMs. As we said, uh, we're not going to stop. You can't stop us. So you might as well throw a little Skrilla our way, right? 
Um, join us next time for another episode of Two Headed Game Master. Real quick, uh, I think we have a couple recommendations. I got, a, I got time. a recommendation. Yes, um, the Faithful Executioner uh, by Joel F. Harrington. Mm-hmm. Fantastic book. Uh, true story. It's uh, a journalist's um, kind of dive into what it's like to be an executioner in medieval Europe. Uh, you know, this guy. Uh, well. I'll let you read it, yeah. and I'm not going to it. It kicks ass. If you, enjoyed, uh, if you enjoyed any of the flavor of this setting, mm-hmm. I read it as well. And a lot of this is... A lot of the adventure of Sternfall and the hunger from the stars, which is what I named the monster. We didn't get super into that. Mm. Um, but uh, the way I built the town and the way I you know structured medieval society is from stuff I learned in that book. So if you want to check that out, kicks ass. Also, um, if you want to learn more about role-playing games and being a better game master, stuff like that. I got the idea for running multiple low-level characters, super low-level characters, and having most of them not survive to begin a campaign. I got that from DungeonCraft on YouTube. Uh, Professor Dungeon Master is the content creator. DungeonCraft is the channel. It's good stuff. I, I feel like I've learned a lot watching that, and that's where I got this idea from. So... All right, uh, just another real quick thanks to Sharif for mm-hmm. joining us, uh, being our third head on a couple episodes. Uh, really great stuff. Yeah, being a good sport, splendid participation. He flew all the way here from California. He didn't I, have to do that. I would do it in a heartbeat again, no problem. <laughs> uh, thank you to the Burning Saviors for the song Pond Hill is Finest, the, allowing us to use that as the intro and outro for our program. And we will see you next time. See you next time. Bye, everybody.